I'm also restarting. So I did start over. So I'm good now. Well, you know, um, yes, um, gee, I just want to know that I'm in God's hand and that I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I'm um, trying every day to be a better person in a sense of, you know, I need to stop doing things that I know that the Torah says I shouldn't do. You know, because that shows I have a heart for God and that I'm trying to do what's right. And I think if that's your heart, I think you're in the good camp. If you're, um, if you're not in that situation, you're kind of in the in the wilderness if, uh, and being disobedient. And we're all disobedient at some level. Would you agree to that? So, you know, we have to be careful that we don't... Um, created a situation where we eliminate ourselves. <laughs> that one doesn't get you in, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I do believe that um, that those people that are trying to walk the path of righteousness in their life, and we're going to all be at certain levels. One person may be, you know, that little baby, he just got that up on his knees. Are you going to walk or not? <laughs> we'll try to make him walk. But, you know, and then other people, as they, and especially with what, what wisdom and age and, and staying in this thing, you know, don't you feel like you're in the will of God? Does anybody in here feel like they're not in the will of God? We can't be saying lies, but why not? Huh? John, would you like to stand up and testify? <laughs> you know? I think every one of you are in the will of God. You know, now, is it perfect? No. But we're trying, right? I think the, the thing that happens, Warren, is that in, in, the, in the parable of the seeds, the sowing of the seeds, it tells us exactly what takes place. And you know people who have come forward, excited they've come to Christ, and then six months later you look at them and they're you know uh, they're, they're down in the local bar drunk and uh, uh, you know and you say well what happened oh I can't be bothered with that do you think that person still has their sta- uh, station with God or the people who they get into a point on, on this earth where their success and their, their, their gathering of the, of the earthly wealth is what uh, dominates their life it's not that the, the God dominates their life. It's their earthly endeavors that dominate their life. Is anybody struggling with that? No. So, uh, but I believe that in the parable of Sola, yeah. it tells us that you can, because the cares of life and the nature of life comes up and devours the intentions of the person, and they walk away. So I think that the thing that we all need to be very careful about is the fact that we're not God and we can't see down the road. And it may be that very person that you're talking about is going to find himself like, oh, Franklin Graham, a rebel without a cause, got saved early in life, you know, but then went off and became an alcoholic technically and was a rebel without a cause, and now you see him on TV telling people, look, you you know, believe in Jesus Christ, you know, and pointing you in the way. So, you know, he, he if, if his life ended when he was a rebel, then would that mean that 
well, he really wasn't going to be in the kingdom? Or was it the fact that God said, well, I can't use him and he's not going to seemingly turn from what I can see. And I don't know that's not a really good way to say it, but maybe he just takes him out and brings him on home. I don't know. All I know is that, you know, that's God's business and we can only sow the seeds of life of believing and doing and trying to turn. I mean, you know, I, I could stand here and, and, and be a real hypocrite and try to tell you how many bad things this church is doing and what they're following and how they're doing it and blah, blah, blah. You know, and boy, look at me. I'm do like me, you know, and, and I'd be a hypocrite because I'm not doing everything right either, even though I'm looking at them and judging them. If we get into that, we're all going to find ourselves looking pretty sad, you know, at the end of the road because I think we're all guilty, well, you we know. we should not sit in judgment of people. That's well, I don't know how you don't do that when you start talking about another man, whether he's saved or not. Well, that's trying no, to I'm qualify, not, you know, whether about, or not. I'm talking about... Personally, when I look at that, I think of it this way. I am going to walk in the way because I do not want to take the risk that that is a possibility. All right? It's a risk assessment. Risk. Okay? It's really what it is. And you evaluate what your walk is. The only one that you have control over is yourself. And only you know if there's something in your life which you have to diminish in order to be in the walk correct. That's well, I think that's that an ongoing. Being older and wiser too. But that's an oh, ongoing process too. Yeah, you is. know, we're all yeah. still learning to stop certain things. Yeah. Something that you yeah. said uh, several minutes ago, I've been mulling over, and I'm just <laughs> trying to uh, think about that a little bit. You were talking about uh, how you want to make sure that you do what the Torah tells you to do. I'm not too sure if I get it exactly the way that you said it, but. <laughs> I think I'm pretty close. Uh, do you feel it's important to be uh, a, a good Jew to be a good Christian? To be a good Jew is to be a good Christian. Yeah, you said you think it's important to be a good Jew to be a good Christian. Well, yeah. I believe that the, uh, you know. I, about the Torah. Yeah, well, I use the Torah because I'm not one that believes that the Torah was thrown in the river and we don't need it anymore. I believe that the Torah was given to uh, teach us and to instruct us in righteousness. And, you know, I, 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 we talk about uh, the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin. If we don't know what sin is, well, how do you know what sin is? Well, my mommy told me. No, God told us that what is sin. This is righteousness. And, the, you know, we may not understand why in the world he'd want to kill 70 bulls on the Feast of Tabernacle, but in his plan of, of, of teaching and learning and instructing he's doing it for a reason and we may not understand that reason but they still did it and i think that we're in the same boat i feel like that there are things within the torah that apply dir directly to me i i'm a i lean toward what we call the book of the covenant which is you know when we see the uh the ten commandments we see that those Ten Commandments really encompass a lot of what we call the Torah. And if we're doing that, if we even come to that point, then we're going to be doing good. You know, like he told Cain, just choose to do good and it'll be all right. 
But, you know, to, to, to try to get down to whether I think that, you know, rabbinical Judaism and having a box on my head and me doing this and, you know, and all the things that they do to, to, that uh, we should be doing all that, I don't think if you want to do it, it doesn't hurt me a bit, do it. But I hope you're doing it for the right reasons, you know. How far you want to go? You want a box on your head? <laughs> well, you're stopping there and you don't need any curly curls, huh? Send you Lisa's hairdresser. <laughs> they can, hey, they can do extensions these days. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, I hope, that, you know, um, everything that's giving us understanding seems to be rooted in Judaism. Other than that, we're just interpreting it willy-nilly, and we're going, well, we're, we we got grace, and that's what he's basically saying. Man, you know, you can't just say you got grace. Your works have got to be there to show that you're really believing what you profess. Is that what you're saying? The book of James. You know, I'll show you my faith by my works. Now, I think we're all at different places. Like I said, you know, John may not be ready to give up his Scotch and whiskey he's drinking every weekend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, John, he probably wouldn't buy Scotch or whiskey. Don't you drink gin? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Having fun, fun, fun. You know, the only thing he drinks. Right, John? Occasional beer? Well, we'll pray for you. So, uh, you know what I mean. That's how we get if we're not careful. You know, we're, you know, uh, um, you, you, you gotta, you gotta allow the spirit of God to work in your heart to change you and put you, keep you on that path. And I believe in the path, but I believe that's what this is all about. That you know, when we're in the flesh, we're walking a path of righteousness, and anything in that is that stone down there, mm-hmm. and we need to pick it up and clear that path, so that those little ones coming behind us, they too can. They're going to have their own stones to have to get rid of, but we're still doing that. We're doing that every day. I mean, we're confronted. We're confronted with this ongoing political nightmare that's coming, and I don't whether y'all kind of keep up with this. But what about the chances that Trump overturns the uh, Supreme Court or overturns Biden's election? Have you thought about that? Hallelujah. Looking for it. Huh? I hope so. You think it's possible? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they don't. What? I wonder if they don't, too. Let's look at the look, look at both sides. We may be in for quite a... Um, mm-hmm. uh, we very well yes. may be, but my point is is that if he if they do, I would tell you that the other side's going to break out the beating and the robbing and the looting, and we're going to still have chaos. No matter what. what. Right. It ain't with Biden to do. You don't know that. Well, we're peaceful protesters. We just get beat up by Antifa. The tribulation is not all... The tribulation starts with man. And that's where we get the Antichrist and whatnot. The mark of the beast comes into it. That is the first portion of tribulation is mankind doing it. I wanted to find um, one thing in regard to what you said about Revelations 21, and I got to just find it real quickly. 
Maybe quickly. What's that? Right, you may be. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, I want you to see one thing that uh, that brings a different context to what you see here, okay? And, 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 and Revelation 21, if you, uh, as Tammy pointed out, and, and 24, it says the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And this is verse 25. On no day, how many days are there in a week? Well, we're still counting days wherever this is. On no day will it will its gates ever be shut. Okay? Where are you? Where, where? Well, you ready to listen? Yes. <laughs> where are you? Yeah. Verse 24 and 25 in Revelations 21. When we talk about the new Jerusalem, right? We're talking about a time when God says here that and the gates are never shut on any day. So, so, if you go back to Ezekiel 40 through 48, which we say is a temple that's not yet built, right? Are y'all familiar with Ezekiel 40 through 48? You know, Ezekiel's temple that's going to be built, you know, in the so-called messianic kingdom, you know, there's going to be a temple built, right? We say there's going to be a... We know there has to be a, a temple at some level because Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, he's not talking about on a rock somewhere. He's referring to the room, the holy place, the holy of holies, the holy place. You know, that's the outer room from the holy of holies. He's, you know, he, he warns them to let the reader uh, know to flee from, from and flee to the mountains, right? So we, and there's other things, but we know if Ezekiel 40 through 48 is a physical temple, and it sure seems physical because they talk about it in a physical manner, you know, then we know that that's a temple that's yet to be built in what we call the Messianic Kingdom or that thousand-year peace time, right? Why do you say during them? I don't understand that. I don't understand why you say it then with the the Messianic Kingdom when the Kingdom of God is on earth. It's going to be beforehand, because the Antichrist is going to be you know that the day is coming, the return of the Lord is coming when the Antichrist comes and sets himself up in the temple. That's right. He, he, he places his image in the temple. Right, but that's not during the Messianic time. That's prior to the Messianic time. Well, that, that, there again, that's, there, there, that's a matter of how you interpret the seventh day. Did the seventh day begin with the Rosh Hashanah and the tribulation? Or does the tribulation come if, uh, after well, let me say that again. The messianic kingdom comes after the tribulation. Now, I'm one that believes that when you enter into the seventh day, 
you're in the day of the Lord, the seventh day. So when it and part of that argument has to be understood in the in the the Greek, which is dealing with the phrases and they came to life and they reigned with Christ, and it says in most translations a thousand years, right? And we're literalist, right? But really in the Greek, it's, it, and I have to backtrack when I probably said that how old was Jesus when he started his earthly ministry? It was 30. It was 30, right? Now, it really actually says in the Greek, the word, which you would call our English, about 30. What did that mean to you? Huh? That it could be, it could be that he's actually going to be, uh, Jim, how old are you? 29. Okay, so <laughs> so your next birthday, you're, you're, when is your birthday? Day of Epiphany. You know what that is? Yeah. When? About 30. <laughs> January 6th. All right, January the 6th. So you're about, you're fixing a B or about what? 75? Okay, how we'll take eight? that. How about 78? 78. Thing is, he's not 78. About. He's about 78. And I think when it, when she, when it says, and they came to life and they reigned with Christ a thousand years, <clears throat> it's just leaving out the fact that there's the seven years of tribulation began the day of the Lord because we've got too many passages that tell us that the day of the Lord begins. It's a day of what? Darkness, gloom. Well, there's your darkness and your gloom right there. You know, don't wish for it because it's going to be a bad day in a sense entering into that time. And I'm just one of these that believe that when it says what it says that the remaining part of the thousand years the messianic Jesus returns. He's been at, you know, the, the, the celebration and the time of rest. When we're resurrected on Tishrei 1, have we entered into his rest? Yes. Have we? He's still working? <laughs> yeah, when we raised up from the dead, we're no longer, we got a spiritual body. Nothing what we've been in. So we're entering the rest here. We're entering into the rest of God. And Hebrews tells us there's a day of rest that still remains for the people of God. And so when we enter into the rest and we're in that heavenly temple, we're experiencing all the good things that are going on. Now, if you don't see us being there, that the church is going through tribulation, that's part of the reason. They say, well, a thousand years doesn't begin till over here, and I just don't see it that way. I see it that we're... That we and when we enter into Rosh Hashanah, Tishrei one, that that's when the seventh day begins, and the first part is obviously uh, the tribulation, and afterwards the remaining part of the thousand years is what takes place. But I believe also that Ezekiel forty through forty eight is speaking of an uh, an earthly temple that's going to be built. And we know it's not this temple because those, te- those gates over there are closed at times and opened at times. Here we know this gate and this, ta- this temple here 
whatever you want to call it, the city, the gates are never closed. So there's a difference. Right? I mean, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but you can search it for yourself because they're they're obviously a different, unless you spiritualize everything and you say, well, that's really not a temple over there and doesn't mean that, you know, and so forth and so on. You know, I just, uh, I I believe there will be a third temple. In fact, they're preparing for it right now. Uh, Warren, uh, one of the things they talk about the Temple Mount, Mm -hmm. that really is not the place of the temple. That was the place of the fort, the Roman fort. And there's a there's a concession to the that fact now starting up in Israel, and that the temple was not there because they talk about the fort was very small that they talk about now, but the Romans had six thousand men stationed there plus their families and all this people that took care of them. They had a tremendously large fort. That platform that the uh, mosque is on is not the temple. That's the mount of the fort. The temple is someplace else, and they were there thinking of this now is changing and the thoughts in Israel is changing because of archaeology. Yeah, it's incredible and where that, they call it the western wall, the Wailing Wall, was really part of that fort and here they are thinking that this was part of the temple and it never was. So you think about it now, if they're going to build a temple they say, well we have to get rid of the the, um, Alaska Mosque. Yeah, the mosque. No, you don't at all. And it's is amazing, and it was on television. I mean, well, you know, hey, if it's on TV, we know it. Right, and that's right, and 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 this is a this is a um, uh, a discussion involving the city of David, mm-hmm. and that you know, um, um, and that part of the argument is related to what they just said, you know, that that it, uh, the original Temple Mount that we're calling the Temple Mount um, is uh, not, you know, that specifically. Now, all I know is this, you know, which is my opinion, and, and that is the fact that uh, how many of y'all are familiar with the Temple Institute in Israel? You know, the Temple Institute's the foremost... You know, institution in, in 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 the rebuilding of the next temple, and um, from my understanding, and the people that are highly involved in that, one particular person in this in the United States that that's been involved in that, um, that that that's out there. But I'm telling you, I don't think they believe that at all. I think they know where the exactly because of the excavations and think that they believe that the stone that's under the mosque is maybe not exactly where the Holy of Holies was, but that that area up there is where the original temple is, and that that you just got to decide. So if you don't want to believe that, it doesn't matter to me, and you can believe it like the city of David and make an argument there dealing with the Gihon Spring and the things of that nature. But, you know based on people that actually have done the actual excavations and things that they've located, you know, they're on the Temple Mount that we call the Temple Mount. And and he's right. There was a large, uh, you know, garrison of soldiers that were there. But uh, whether or not that uh, it is uh, the place where they kept all of them, that, that that's still, I think, not completely accepted. 
But, you know, it is an opinion, and well, it's out could, there. Yeah, they could not run the temple on that place because the Romans were not giving them water from the aqueduct. They had to have it from the Gihon Springs because the spring is actually above where the temple was, so they had the water to wash the temple down because they needed tremendous amounts of water to wash the temple down. And the Gihon Spring, coming through Hezekiah's tunnel, gave them the water. Well, I would probably debate the location because I think the Gihon Spring is actually below the Temple Mount that's there. That's right. It is below. And that's how they got the water comes through Hezekiah's tunnel underneath Jerusalem and yeah. flows to that. Yeah. And yeah. that's how they got the natural water flow to wash the temple down. Because they never could have washed it down on the Temple Mount because the Romans had an aqueduct coming to the fort. Mm -hmm. and they would not have allowed them to have the water. Well, I think there's lots to look at on that, and you can uh, look into it and see which way you want to go with it. It really, like I said, when the temple comes, it's going to be built in the right spot. We do know that, <laughs> right? They one way, one place quickly. or the other. Huh? They will build it quickly. Yeah, so um, anyway, I know that, uh, Steve, you leaving? <laughs> I guess it's time, right? Well, let's go ahead and close for tonight, okay. Lord, thank you for this day and uh, thank you for your word and help us to, you know, let it come into our hearts and uh, find that place where you know that we need to change our lives to be greater servants of you and uh, to make ourselves ready uh, to do your will and to be the type of people that you'd have us be in spite of all the things that we're surrounded with and the things that we endure. And uh, we ask that you uh, bless our country, Lord. Um, we know we're very wealthy and prosperous, but there are people here that love you and that we, we just really want to, even though we were born here, um, help us to find our way through all of this craziness that is breaking out. Um, I, I pray for our country, and I pray for either one of those men, uh, uh, if, if one of the way or the other. So uh, we all need healing, and we need goodness and uh, holiness and uh, let us find it through your word and through your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So, anyway, uh, next week I'm sure that the church is um, going to um, cancel any events.